Welcome to the Design of You podcast. My name is Leah. I'm a human design expert, spirituality coach, wellness guru, and manifestation powerhouse. My podcast is here to educate, inspire, and uplevel your life. I love sharing with you the ins and outs of the human design system in a practical, empowering, and embodied way. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Welcome back to my favorite episode of the Design of You, the podcast. I say this is my favorite episode because I bring on my beautiful, skilled, grounded, intuitive, overall just the most amazing human, Emily the Medium, who has been mentoring me since January on helping me enhance and understand my psychic and mediumship abilities. And this episode is just so much fun because I am about to share with you guys my entire experience. And then we bring Emily on and we talk about spirit babies. We talk about mediumship, psychic work. We also talk about the type of ways that you can get in touch with your spirit guides, how to understand your abilities. And then we move into her sharing a little bit about the experience that we've had together, which is so fun to hear her just talk about how my own abilities kind of are represented in her experience because she helps multiple people per year develop psychic abilities. So it is one of my favorite episodes because this is one of my favorite topics. And if you are already looking at the little dial, this is going to be a long one. This is going to be a good almost two hours. Uh, obviously, I don't know because I'm, I'm just now recording the beginning part, but I know that the recording that I did with Emily was almost over an hour. And then this part is going to take a little bit. And I think it's honestly worth it because this is a really cool topic and something that a lot of you are curious about. And it's a big part of my life. And it's something that I'm excited to just fully step into this has been a long time coming. This has been something I've been terrified of. This has been something that has been uncomfortable. Um, it still is uncomfortable sharing this part of myself with other people, but it's so amazing. So I'm excited to start to share with you guys everything. So let's just get right into it. So I actually shared on both of my Instagrams a little question box asking you guys what you want to know about this experience. And anything that you had questions on. And so what I'm going to do is actually explain my story with my sort of abilities and all of that. And then what I plan to do is afterwards, I will go through the questions and make sure that everything was answered, but they should be answered along the way, but I'll double check if not. Before I get into my story, there's a few things that I want to know. One, this is an uncomfortable topic for people. Um, it's a topic that a lot of people don't understand. It's a topic that there's a lot of stigma or misunderstanding or misconceptions around. There's lots of myths around how this sort of energy work happens. Um, I invite you to be open-minded and I invite you to listen and try to understand and if there is a part that is not clear, I would love for you to then send me a DM or ask me a question. If this feels a little bit too woo-woo for you or out there or changes your perception of me, that's okay. I have spent my entire life afraid to step into this work. And 
I no longer want to be afraid of that. I would like to show up the most authentic version of me. And so if that is declaring something that I'm talented at or that I have a pull towards that is helping other people, then I'm going to do that. I feel very nervous and excited to start sharing this. I I began sharing this story or parts of this work on Instagram here and there, but I'm now starting to get more comfortable with it. And that's thanks to Emily. So that said, let's move into my story. And I actually pulled up here. So when I started working with Emily, I filled out this intentions form and I actually saved my answer so I could look back at them because I, I wrote her legitimately a novel on all of my experiences. But the first thing that I want to talk about is when did you know that you were a psychic medium or how did you know? And I didn't. Um, I was When I was a little girl, I used to see a black figure, this shadow. And I used to I used to see it at the edge of my bed, standing over me when I was sleeping. And I it wasn't a scary figure. It wasn't something that freaked me out. It was a comforting presence. And I thought that was pretty normal. My grandma and my mom had similar experiences. And my grandma said in my parents' home that she specifically had those experiences. And I don't know if there's something tied there, but I did find out later that This man, his name is Toby, and he lived on a farm very close to my home in my house. I am from a small town in Michigan, and I live on a field, and there's a barn. There's two barns behind my house. And um, this spirit had shared with a medium that I saw saying that I remind this spirit of his daughter, and he attached to me at a really young age. I don't know. So that was my experience. I saw this black figure into my high school years. I specifically remember the last time I saw it. I was at my high school boyfriend's house and it followed me to his home and it was like standing on the stairs. (laughs) That was really the last time that I remember actually visually seeing him, but I have not interacted with him, um, me to him in a long time. Okay, I am just coming in here right now to let you guys know that I am about to have different pieces of audio in here that sound a little different, and that's because there are chunks of this story that were missing from the export of this audio file, and I thought I was going to be able to recover that audio, and I am having trouble being able to do so unfortunately. So, um, but the good news is I do remember what I said between these little chunks. So, the little pieces that are missing, I am going to be adding them. But the bad news is that, bad news or good news, is that I have a brand new mic. I originally recorded this episode back in June. And this mic is, I've I've had um, since then, that's a lot better. So um, if you, if I all of a sudden just sound really good throughout this, that is because that is what's happening. So uh, if you listen to the original uh, day and a half that this first one was published, just uh, re-listen because there are really important chunks of the story that I don't want y'all to miss. So, okay. Back to the podcast. And aside from that, I was always just really into like the Ouija board and anything mystical and wanting to know stuff about afterlife. I've just been drawn to it. And specifically when I was in fifth grade, this was probably a big prominent part of my story was that 
when I was uh, fifth grade, my sister, she was in high school at the time. She was dating a guy whose mom was a psychic medium, relatively known in our hometown. And she had pulled me aside at a volleyball game once. And she told me that she needed to talk to me. And I remember she said to me, I want you to come to my shop and I want you to, I want to work with you. Um, You're special, you're different or something along those lines. And so I went and I got to her shop and we pulled some cards. And I remember she pulled a tarot card for me and I didn't know tarot at the time. I still don't really know tarot that well. And she had said to me, oh, you are a medium. And yeah, so and then most prominently, my mom had the birthday numbers and stars book that I just adored. And I seriously used to joke that I knew my Zodiac sign before I knew anything else. And I could, I could seriously remember my page. I could, I could just touch the book and flip to my page of my birthday. And, and so I would say that is really where my spiritual journey just sort of began. That's with the kind of interactions of, you know, the, the work with my uh, sister's boyfriend's mom and then just me being generally interested in this sort of stuff my entire life. And I would say that is what began me on this spiritual path. That was definitely my beginning stages of all of this because I always felt different and I felt very recognized and seen in that moment. And I felt very excited about mystical stuff. I remember wanting to put my hand in the box of crystals and I wanted to learn everything. And there is some controversy about her as a person now that I've heard about. But regardless of any of that, what I experienced was very helpful. She ended up giving me a recording to go home and to play like a CD. She gave me a CD to play and it was this meditation. And I, you basically put it on and you were closing my eyes and it took you to this fence and I remember doing it for a few nights because she wanted me to start doing that nightly. And I just remember generally feeling like, I don't know, it just wasn't, it's not that it wasn't clicking. I just remember feeling uncomfortable because I wasn't prepared for what to experience. And at this time I was in like fifth, sixth, seventh grade, very young. So, and you put that kind of stuff away, right? Like you get older and it's not cool to be into that stuff. I shared this, I think, in my episode on my human design story about how my interest in mystical things has always been there. But when you are in high school and middle school and into college even, you have experiences where you you shut down parts of yourself because you want to be cool and you want to fit in. And I find that in the work that I do, people have this unbecoming when they hit their like mid-20s and later where they go through their quarter-life crisis of who the fuck am I? What is what is life? Like they have to have money and you have to have a job and and you have to find the perfect person. And so we have all these things that are conditioning us to be at different levels. And and there's some people who are, you know, CEOs of companies and then there's some people who are, you know, living in their parents' basement and all of it's valid and all of it's all of it's okay. And so what I experience in my work with people is that oftentimes in our 20s, we go through this it's sort of awakening again, a quarter life crisis of like, who am I? What am I actually interested in? What's my purpose? What am I meant to do in this lifetime? And through that experience, we, we start to remember things in our childhood. So a lot of people at this point will go through inner child work or they'll start to remember parts of themselves that they've pushed away. And so for me, it's not that I really fully pushed away the uh, psychic sort of work, but 
it was something that I I definitely um, didn't want people to really know about me because I wasn't fully skilled or enhanced enough to be able to take information and deliver it in a way that made sense. I didn't know what I was receiving and how that made any sense. I have two poems I wrote about being psychic when I was, one was in high school in my English class. Maybe I'll share it to my Instagram. I have it. It's actually, I have a, I have a memory box. Um, I have one at my parents' house with my like, childhood stuff in it, but I also have one that I I keep with me that has like important documents in it. And I have that poem in there. Um, so I have this poem that I wrote about being a psychic. And I also wrote one for my Tumblr page just to add into that sort of experience. But so basically that is, that was the start of it all. And I basically went on this journey of just being really into mystical things. Me and Emily talk about this and I, I share this in even my form that I wrote to her. I was in love with Teresa Caputo, the the medium, um, Long Island medium, when she was on TV. I went and saw her in person. I was fascinated and I hadn't lost anyone in my life. And I remember being like, maybe she'll pick up on someone. And she didn't for me, but I've been really fascinated with her and the work that she's done. And I remember one of my good friends, Zoe, calling me one time after watching her show and saying there was this episode where I think she's talking about how when she realized she was a medium, there was like all of a sudden she'd be freaking out because there'd be like something in the road or there'd be like someone and she'd be like screaming and then it wasn't there. And I remember her saying that you have anxiety like she does. The way that she has anxiety is the way that you have it. And I remember knowing that that was correct and feeling that very seen again that like a friend recognized that in Teresa Caputo and then recognized that in myself. And I suffered from insomnia when I was in middle school. My parents had to pick me up from sleepovers all the time. And here and there throughout high school, middle school, and I still do, I, I have trouble sleeping quite a bit, which I'll talk about because there's reasons why. But that all said, I remember in college, something that I would do is I would just start helping people. Anyone from college that knew me will We'll know that basically I would there was a joke with amongst my friend group that I would literally like wake up with more girls numbers in my phone than guys because I'd help people and they would I would get their number and I'd be like, you know, how is how is the thing with your boyfriend or whatever? It was mostly like, you know, boy drama. But I was constantly always sort of helping people and being able to be really intuitive about that. That is one of the gifts that I have. And I very careful of how I help people now. It's different. I used to be a lot more, I kind of wish I was the way that I used to be in college about it because when I was in college, I was very open. Obviously, I drank a lot in college. We partied. And so it was very easy for me to be or have less inhibitions. So it was a lot easier for me to just talk to people about things. This manifested into, these abilities manifested into a lot of anxiety in my life. I find that when people experience anxiety, there's lots of different reasons. It could be health reasons. It could be energetic reasons. But for me, it's been a mix of things. But I find that anyone who experiences a lot of anxiety in their life, they're called to a higher purpose. They're called to working on themselves. They're called to getting back in touch with who they are. They're called to be very in touch with their bodies. And so for me, I feel like a lot of my anxiety now that I understand it, stems from a few things. One, being out of touch with my body, drinking too much in college. Um, the second thing is that I was being called to understand myself on a deeper level. And now that I've been working with Emily, I've understood that I have 
trillions of spirits constantly trying to communicate with me. And now that I understand that, it's made a lot more things make sense. So the next big piece of my story is that after college, I moved to the oldest building in my hometown. I'm from Toledo, Ohio, and I lived at this building called the Oliver House. And it is known to be haunted. Literally in the fall, they do a haunted brew tour and they have this whole thing where they have this medium who I really love and recommend. Her name is Serena LaPointe. If you're in the Toledo or just Ohio region, I think she does phone stuff too. She's incredible. And she actually does this tour. And I remember when I first moved there, I think I moved in February of 2020. And I said that I wanted to you know, go on the, the Haunted Brew Tour. And I really got into wanting to go on that because I had experienced leading up to that February to that was they, they do it around Halloween. So it was in you know October. So February to October, I had started to experience stuff in my apartment that was kind of creepy. And so what I was experiencing to tell you guys, so everyone in my hometown knows about this building. Oh my gosh, you live at the Oliver House. And I remember at the time, this was when I worked my corporate job. I remember being on a call one day with two of my coworkers. And this was right when the pandemic happened. So that's why we were working from home. And they were like, have you, oh my gosh, you live at the Oliver House. Have you had any like crazy experiences? And I remember saying on this phone, I said, I haven't. And I'm shocked that I haven't because I feel like I'm intuitive and I am usually the type of person that things happen to. And I said out loud in my bedroom, I said, they can be my friends if they want to. It just hasn't happened yet. So fast forward to that evening, I go to bed. Again, I mentioned that I, I had some like insomnia stuff going on. I actually, but I didn't this night. I actually slept. I remember Xander came over and like stayed the night and he works like he was working nights. And so because of his night schedule, he always woke up in the middle of the night and like would just leave. And so he woke up at like, I think 345 in the morning or something and then just decided to go home. This is before we lived together. And I remember I um, I went back to bed and I had a whole sleep paralysis moment where basically I closed my eyes and I had all of a sudden this force pulled me out of my bed and it was like I was wrapped in my covers and I like the way that my room was set up. If you open my bedroom door, it took you like right into the hallway, which was right across from the kitchen. And I like moved into the kitchen and I turned on a light and I looked over in our living area and there was a man sitting in a chair and he had a blue shirt on. He was like a greasy man with like longer black hair and he had his arms over his legs and he looked up at me and he said, hi there. And I started screaming and I like ran back into my room and I laid in my bed, like to the point I couldn't get out of my room until my roommate woke up. I texted her and called her like a trillion times until she woke up and came in to like walk out of the room with me because I was so afraid to walk out and see this man. That's how vivid it was. And it was super creepy. Um, it was very much like a 19 or 1800s sort of looking man. And um, so that was the first experience that I had living there that really freaked me out. I, I had a really hard time sleeping after that. The second experience that I had was 
while I lived there, there was a couple times where I had sleep paralysis and I was thrown up against a wall and it felt like I was being choked by this man. It felt like like literally like it, it, it was so real. Both of these were so real that I it's like when I woke up in my bed, it was like, how did this not happen? The second time it was like I was kind of being choked up against a wall. And then the other time was um, I could feel him sitting at the edge of my bed. And then he fucked with Xander one night where Xander was over and he like flipped him around a bunch of times or Xander felt like he was tossed and turned in the middle of the night. That was happening to me. Um, That was super creepy. I tried to let it go and, and it did start to kind of stop a little bit, but I had a really hard time sleeping. I went to bed with my light on every single night or a TV. I never used to sleep with a TV or a light. Like I always left a pitch black room, but I had to switch things up because I was so afraid. And there was another night this was so this was like after the haunted brew tour. And I guess let me back up a little bit. So basically, when I was at the brew tour, I remember saying to Serena, I'm like, have you ever been upstairs to the apartments? Because essentially, this building that I lived in, the top two floors are an apartment building. And then the bottom floors, there's a restaurant, a bar, there's like little vendors and things. And she so I was like, have you ever been upstairs to the apartment? She said, no, because she's like, every time I've been hired to come through this building, because basically, let me rewind a little bit too. So this building that I lived in used to be a hotel in like the 1800s. It's right on the Maumee River, which leads to Lake Erie. And Toledo was a big part of the, what's like the mob. And um, I don't, gosh, I don't, I love history, but I don't even know the right language to use here. But basically with Chicago and um, New York being on, Toledo being kind of in the middle from Chicago to New York and vice versa, it was a, a place that a lot of people stopped. And this was a famous hotel that people went to. So if you're in the mob, there was a big mob scene that happened. Um, in Toledo, there was also a lot happening with it being right on the Canada border, Lake Erie right there. So there was a lot of things that went on. And basically, this served as a hotel. So there was lots of history inside of the Oliver House. And so when I was at this event with Serena and went up to her and asked her if she'd ever been upstairs. She told me no. And I told her I live upstairs and I've had some experiences. And she said to me, there is someone that was murdered upstairs. And she could feel that from the level below. And so that was creepy But because we, we were directly in the room below where my unit was. So basically there was like this kind of like ballroom section of the building. And I lived directly above that. And so she ended up we scheduled to have her come to my apartment later that that year. So that was October, and then she came in. She came in December, and we did. We I, I basically scheduled this whole thing where if people who lived in the apartment wanted her to go through the their you know units that they she could. Obviously, there were a lot of people that were like, "I'm good," and then some people were really into it. Being obviously, I was one of the people that was really into that. So, um, but the. <laughs> The funny thing is, so she comes up and um, there's actually quite a few people in my apartment. So the first one was, it was that guy. So she was able to identify him. The creepy, the creepiest freaking thing about that guy is that he said that he, he, uh, he loves the girls that live here, which was me and my roommate, Sarah, shout out Sarah. And he does not like our boyfriends because he does not like men messing with his girls. And he called himself fancy fingers by the way, disgusting. Uh, but he, so essentially he, uh, he has been in that apartment kind of just lingering because 
I guess the story goes and what he shared with that medium was that he uh, basically had murdered his mistress in that apartment um, and choked her up against a wall, which is very creepy because that's what happened to me. And he pushed her out of a window. And so, uh, yeah, that is what happened in my old apartment, which is just creepy. But I also... If you know me, you know I like live and breathe and die for that like apartment, that period of my life. I truly loved living there and it's not that creepy to me. Um, it wasn't because it, it actually stopped after that. So it was really helpful because that was that's what you can work with. That's what you can do with a medium, by the way, is you can work with them to to be able to get past some of these things, which people do not understand. So that she was able to communicate, hey, leave these girls alone. You know, like they they're fine if you're here, just don't bug them. And, and he, he stopped bugging us. She also picked up on, which was interesting. So about that same sort of period, I, um, and I didn't even tell her this. So I used to dream about my grandpa a lot. I still do every now and again. And so my grandpa was, I was dreaming about him and she said to me, do you, do you dream about your grandpa a lot? And I said, yes, all the time. And she said, your grandpa says, I'm sorry, because uh, he made a loud noise the other night. And she said, do you know what I'm talking about? There was like some loud noise. And my grandpa legitimately, I, well, I don't know if, the, now I know it was my grandpa, but legitimately just a week or so prior to that, I remember I woke up in the middle of the night to this loud noise, which sounded kind of like a refrigerator or a washing machine or something like that. And I remember my roommate wasn't home and I woke up in the middle of the night And I stand up and I walk out in my apartment and I'm like, what is that noise? And I like turn my light on and I walk into my laundry room. The laundry wasn't going. It was like the weirdest noise, but it was so loud and she wasn't home. And I remember I went to Gus, this is when Gus Gus was a little teeny tiny baby. And I go and look at Gus Gus in his crate, which was in the living room and he was just sleeping. And so I was like, okay, I'm like, I don't know what that noise was. And I remember I just went back and turned my TV on, kept my lamp on like I did for lots of nights. And then I went back to bed and she said that it was him and he didn't mean to disturb me. He just was trying to like contact me. Um, so yeah, so that is my, a little bit of an experience that I had just with my grandpa and understanding that guy, but that ended up stopping. But I remember a really important piece of this was I remember my roommate, Sarah at the time, she's like, I haven't had any of these experiences that Leah's having why is she having these experiences? And I remember Serena looked at her and said, Leah is more receptive to these things than you are. And, um, which was not fun for me, but it made a lot of sense because I feel like I was really receptive to it. It was happening to me all the time and I was constantly picking up on things. So, so yeah. And, um, So it was really interesting kind of listening to Serena and being able to hear her stories and knowing that I wasn't, you know, going a little bit crazy. So then probably the most prominent thing that happens to me that was really alarming and and really the main reason I wanted to work with Emily was that I always see faces when I go to sleep. So and this probably started around a similar time that this all was beginning, the kind of stuff that was happening at the Oliver house. Um, but basically what happens when I close my eyes, I see faces just forming and morphing. Like I, I can't, like, I wouldn't be able to do it. Actually, I just closed my eyes. I can't do it right now, but 
what happens is mostly when I go to bed, I will close my eyes and I will start to see faces and it's like over and over. It's almost like a slideshow, but they also kind of morph. Like, you know, on TikTok, there's a, it's like a filter and you can put photos together. And so you could do it like, you know, of you growing up where it's like you as a baby and then all of a sudden it morphs into you as like a toddler and then a, you know, then a young child and then a a tween and then teen and you know what I mean um and it sort of like morphs the faces or you see people do it with like famous people and then themselves and they're like I look like them or whatever um so I basically that's kind of what happens in my face or in my face in my in my sleep I'm seeing these faces so in my brain and yeah so it is really creepy I've had I've had tried to then I used to be like, go away. Like, where, why are you here? And mostly it goes so fast that I can't even get a hold of it. But that is a big thing that I've been experiencing for a long time now. And the primary reason I wanted to work with Emily. And so how I found Emily was I was actually, two of my friends that work in the human design space, they actually did a mentorship under her. And the first time I heard my one friend doing it, I was like, wow, that's so cool. I didn't even know something like this existed. And then I, the other friend of mine that did it, she was like, you would really enjoy working with her. And so I, I just, you know, kind of reached out to Emily and talked to her a little bit about it and then ended up, you know, putting my deposit down. Well, it was a very nice hotel and leading up to after I put my deposit down to work with her, which was in November of 2022, I ended up having some crazy experiences start to happen. One of which, so this was Right before Christmas, Z and I went to down in Newport here in, in Newport Beach. We were we went to this like Christmas walk. Um, they do this like boat tour, and we were like watching the boats and this parade. And we drove separate because my car had like been down at the peninsula, basically like at my friend's place that I was at like the night before. And so, anyway, Z drops me off at my car, and I get in my car, and there is a boy not a boy, like a seven, 16, 17-year-old in my car, um, literally a guy sitting in my car. And I jumped and screamed so freaking loud, and I blinked and he was gone. But I could literally tell you what he looked like. And it was creepy, and it was like he was in this, like, loungy wear, like a – he had a sweatshirt with, like, a jacket over it. He had a hat on. And um, he was in like sweatpants and tennis shoes and he was in my seat and it freaked me out more than anything. And I've not had an experience like that since. But I shared that with Emily because I was like, what is happening to me? And she says sometimes when we commit to this work, things start to happen. And, and so basically when I first started working with her, she tapped into my the beginning stages of my abilities and and she it's basically like she does a reading your first time. And so she usually starts to understand you. And she said when she tapped in, she literally said there was like an NFL stadium of people trying to reach me. She said that when I'm the type of person that when I'm walking around, I am picking up on energy without me trying. So when I'm at a coffee shop, everyone in line, if they have spirits that are attached to them, they're trying to come through to me to share messages with me. It explains so much about the anxiety I've had in my entire life. It explains why I don't like like to fly that much. She shared with me that oh, oftentimes, like I, when someone like me flies, I have to put some boundaries up because I'm feeling the anxious energies of everyone. I'm feeling people trying to come through, and 
So there's a lot that kind of happens, I guess, to me energetically and the way that I receive things. That was very important to hear and very grounding to hear. And, and basically, now that we've been in this mentorship, we've been working on understanding my abilities. So we've done. And these tests were to understand how I am, how intuitive I am and how my intuition shows up. For, for example, she would send me a photo of three different objects and I would have to figure out which object was removed after that photo was taken. So there would be three objects and one of them was, there was like an earring, a crystal and a rock. And I would get this photo in my email and then I would sit and look at that. And what Emily had me do is write down or record myself as I'm looking at these different images and deciding what I think that she did afterwards. So I would say to her, you know, I think I'm envisioning you kind of like coming in, dangling that earring and then placing the rock and, you know, placing the crystal. And then I'm envisioning because then she wanted me to know which object she removed. And so I would tell her the process. I think you came in and removed the earring and then removed this object and removed the other one. And I got them. I got them pretty much all right. So that was really cool. And the other thing I found out that I was really good at was mind tracking. So it was very funny during this experience, she would be saying something to me and I would be able to pick up on what she was about to say. For example, one of the times she was explaining a test, one of the tests that she was going to give me. And I was like, is there a tree? I think I said, (laughs) and she's like, oh my gosh, or we would be able, we would be about to do a volunteer session and all of a sudden we would be about to kind of like go into the volunteer session. This was before she'd give me the photo or the name. And all of a sudden I'd be like, it's a, it's a dad and he's like tall and, um, and you know, I think he died in this way. And she would literally be like, oh my gosh, you're already picking up on it. Um, even more so. So, and if this audio sounds different, I kind of mentioned in the beginning. So I'm recording this a little bit later, trying to um, go back and re-record the little gaps that kind of came out of the beginning audio. But one of the funny things was that Emily, even like with her, I was able to pick on pick up on some intuitive stuff that's happening in her own like life and, and body even. So there was a lot of situations where I was able to just really quickly tap into what was going on. And that was really cool for me because I think that used to happen, but I didn't know how to trust myself or know that like what I was feeling was true. So we would get into sessions and yes, basically before we would even bring the volunteer on, I already knew who I was talking to and their relatives. So it was really fascinating for me to be able to do that. And I would say my number one takeaway from all of this is like, I am not someone special and I kind of keep reiterating this because I think that we all can do this. It's actually not as crazy as it sounds. Um, You know, I don't see ghosts. Uh, I I have, you know, I explained the story earlier with a guy, but I uh, mostly am just like getting images and they're showing me things that are, that they're communicating through me. So whether it's usually their experience. Intuition tests. Okay, so the first question that I got is what methods do you use to connect to receive information? So for me, I already mentioned I'm visual, so it pretty much just comes through visually and then like it's it's through images, like my dreams. I close my eyes and I see things. Yeah, and then a little bit of hearing. I have felt in my body, um, one of the spirits communicated the way that they died through my body because I felt super, super clammy. Um, 
but that's that was only one time. And so I think primarily I'm visual. Next question is, how do you validate the accuracy of what you receive? So I validate the accuracy of what I receive by just asking the person that I'm working with. You'll hear an example of this later around a boat and a boat that I was picking up on with someone I was working with. So you'll hear that example later. But yeah, it's just through asking questions if this is feeling validating. I am not skilled enough yet to fully paint a picture. So every psychic has a sort of dictionary or images that they see and what those are references to. So um, for example, someone may see a boat and that might be a reference to something else, or they may see a I don't know, a certain car, and that's a reference to an experience. So I don't have that built yet because I'm still learning. So as I move along, I will for sure have my own references and my own little dictionary of how things work in my brain. But for now, that's basically what how I do it. Is there a ritual that you do before you work with someone so you're not taking on their demons? (laughs) Yes and no. Like before I work with someone, I'll sit for maybe five minutes and just tap in and I'll ask their spirit guides to come forward and I'll say, can you show me something important? I did this before reading once and I kept getting the theme of music come through. Like music was really powerful. And then I'm in a session. This is a human design reading. And in this session, she's sharing with me how she's like between jobs and she's not sure, you know, where she wants to move going forward in terms of like a career change and we started talking and she and I asked her like what are some you know ideas you have in mind or what are some things that first come up when you think about you know changing careers and she gave some examples and then I said to her I go is there anything with music and she goes oh my gosh I was literally just about to say that like I'm always been interested in music and that's like what I want to do and like it's my dream so things like that yeah I just basically before just sit and ask and then afterwards I drink a lot of water and then just try to like not jump into something next, like trying to, you know, walk somewhere or just get out of my my space and and kind of let things go. How do I protect myself energetically? So I did a boundary setting workshop with Emily. So basically, we put together a full contract that we wrote together. Like when I say write, like typed up, and I signed it. That says that. The way that I receive information or how I receive information is very much so dependent on the person that I'm working with and how it's happening. So for example, like let me pull up my boundary setting workshop, workshop, worksheet. So basically, I outline acceptable times for me to have psychic experiences, unacceptable times for me to have psychic experiences. Um, things that I'm simply just not comfortable with. So lower frequency, anything of any kind I am not comfortable with. And then I also list out things I am comfortable with. And so one of the things in here that I'll note is like, I do not, I will not give a reading to someone on the fly. Like if they're not receptive, like I, I will not even let someone skeptical or someone who doesn't believe in the work that I do to even enter my field. I don't want to convince people of things that are going to help them. I want them to be ready and open and receptive. And so, you know, I think one of the things that I fear about stepping into this position is that people are going to start to think that you're crazy or that I'm just looking at them and reading them. It's I can't do that like on like constantly like I 
I'm not out with friends or at dinner with friends and I'm constantly getting a read on something or I'm constantly communicating with their spirit guide. I might, like it might happen. I would say it's not really going to because I have in my contract, my boundary setting contract that I signed with, you know, God, spirit, you know, the universe, the domination that I believe in, that I said that I I do not want to receive information from other people when they're not ready or receptive to hearing it, when they're skeptical of this work, when they are sensing that they're trying to get something out of me. I'm very, I don't want to be that person. I want to be available to help you when you're ready to be helped and you come to me and specifically ask me for your guidance. So with being a coach, I have to have very, very clear boundaries around how this happens in my everyday life. I will not, in general, talk about human design. I won't talk about the work that I do unless people ask me about it. And then you'll see me buzz up and light up and go absolutely so happy to offer, to give you advice, to share with you what I do. But I don't want people to be uncomfortable around me where they think that I'm like being overly advicey, a know-it-all, or um, or trying to read them or talk to people in their world. I don't want people to feel like skeptical or people to feel like I'm some weirdo. I don't want any of that. So I want people to come to me when they're ready and I will be available to help you in the most capacity that I can. Otherwise, then like we can all still hang out, right? Like we don't have to we don't have to um, change relationships because I am now doing psychic mediumship work because it doesn't really change anything about me. It just changes more about it's not true. It changes a lot about me, but it doesn't change about it doesn't change my personality. It just changes um, something that I do to help other people. And so, again, if you're ready to be helped, then by all means, I des- I would love to and I desire to help others. That's my mission. Day one is to help other people. So the last question I got was where to start, how to train. And basically, Emily, the medium is the best place to start. And otherwise, those are all of the questions that I received. So there's anything else that wasn't covered here that you're curious about or that piqued your interest in some other way, let me know. Send me a DM, send Emily a DM, and we're both happy to help you understand this work and this world. And thank you for listening and having an open heart and an open mind. And I look forward to potentially working with you in this space um, when I feel called to open that offering up. It will be something completely separate from the design of you. I plan to separate my work in this space into my personal account. So at Leah McLeod and keep human design focused in the design of you. So the design of you will be the place to learn about human design. If you want one-on-one coaching and to work with me, you're going to have to tune into my personal stuff because I want them to be separate entities. And I think that makes the most sense. So that is everything. Let's get into the episode with Emily now. Again, Emily is so incredible. She is going to be a best-selling author, I'm telling you. Her book is going to be amazing. I'm waiting for my copy, and I can't wait to read it. And just knowing her, she is a, a force, a soul to be reckoned with. You guys have to follow her as well. But let's get into the episode so you guys can hear more about this information and more about her work and all the amazing things in this world. I have a special announcement for you. 
I am launching my first ever live human design training. After being asked multiple times how you can learn from me, how I am teaching human design, how to get involved, how to become a reader. I'm really excited to announce that I have put together a very extensive program for all of you interested in becoming human design readers, learning human design to integrate it into a current business or offering, or to just learn it for your everyday life. I am putting together the most magnificent six-week live program that will be available at the end of this summer. This program is going to be the most extensive human design program you will have ever taken. In this program, we're not only going to go over every single aspect of human design. So from energy type to variables, to gates at the line level, to planets, to the centers to the, I mean, every single aspect, we are going to get deep into human design and we're also going to integrate it into your everyday life. So we're going to get into things like parenting. We're going to talk about wellness. We're going to talk about how to market yourself with your human design. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about relationships. We are going to talk about movement. We're going to talk about how to talk about human design, how to read a chart, how to analyze a chart how to learn best, how to even move through the program using your human design. It's going to be literally the most extensive human design program you will have ever taken. And I can promise you that because I have taken tons of human design trainings over the past several years. I have taught human design in mentorship. I have sat with over a thousand individuals. I have read hundreds of thousands of human design charts, and I am excited to officially kick off this live training program. And I can't wait to have you there. So this program is going to take place at the end of the summer. We are still finalizing the dates, but the waitlist is now open. And guess what? If you join the waitlist, you will be notified when enrollment opens ahead of time. And so when you are notified, you will also get access to early bird pricing. So you will get a discount. And just so you know, there will be payment plans. There's going to be a community aspect. There's going to be a place to ask me questions. It is going to be so immersive and so exciting. I am so ready to bring this beautiful program to life and I can't wait to have you there. So if you'd like to come along this journey with me, the waitlist is linked below and I will continue to share about the program over the next several weeks and up until we launch at the end of this summer. Thank you guys for being here and I look forward to teaching you human design in a very practical and embodied way. So excited to have Emily on the podcast right now. Emily, the medium, as you guys heard, she is incredible. I've been working with her for so many months now, this entire year, really. And she's become a good friend and she is so gifted. So I'm going to have Emily introduce herself and tell us all the amazing things about the work that she does and her story of how she became Emily, the medium. So Without further ado, let's go, Emily. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. First of all, before I jump in, just very happy to be here and and to to be on your podcast and talking with you. Yeah, where shall I start? You know, it's funny. I'm always trying to. I've told my story 
a lot of times on a lot of in a lot of different ways on a lot of different podcasts. I'm I don't always... even think I know your full story. Emily. Oh, you know, oh, this is fun. <laughs> okay, cool. How can I spice it up today? How can I make it fun? <laughs> so, you know, usually where I start is that and this this can be the story for a lot of people. It, it also can be very different for a lot of people. But for me, my story starts when I was a child and I was an incredibly, incredibly sensitive child. I was the kid who, you know, was having all kinds of dreams about past lives. And I was like telling the neighborhood kids that there was a portal in my closet. And did they want to come and hang out in my, in my portal, in my closet? And, you know, their parents would be like freaked out and be like, okay, who is this weird kid who's, you know, talking about closet portals? Um, Sleepovers at Emily's house. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, just seeing all kinds of energies like in my room from, Um, as early as I can remember. I have a vivid memory when I was like still in a crib. So still young, you know, under age three and, and having this image of these three brilliant, beautiful balls of light come through the window and kind of hover in front of me in my crib. And they introduced themselves to me as my guides, which I didn't know what I didn't know, you know, what that meant. Um, I just knew that they, their energy felt nice. And I knew that they were there to help me and they were there to support me. And that's all that really mattered to me at that time. So I had, you know, all of these experiences as a kid and really, truly, before I went, started going to school and into the education system, I just thought these were normal. I was just like, I, this is just a part of life and everybody has these experiences. And, you know, I had a younger brother, however, and I would talk to him about it and I'd be kind of like, are you having this happen? You know, he'd be like, eh, not really. Um, you know, he's like, I just go to bed and go to sleep. And I'm like, that's like when everything starts happening for me. As soon as I go to bed and turn out the light, that's when like, the universe opens up and all of these energies start coming in. And so anyway, that's really where it started. And as I as I got older, I really realized, again, like I said, that not everybody was having these experiences, at least they weren't able to talk about them or didn't know how to talk about them. And so I kind of learned somewhere along the way that I should just stop talking about them because nobody was really going to get it. And so, you know, I journal. No one else is having orbs of light coming to their crib. Yeah, I journaled and, you know, that was kind of my outlet. And then I also just like kind of, you know, hermited a little bit. I went deep into just like checking out metaphysical books from the library when I got old enough to be able to do that and watching like psychic mediums on TV when my parents weren't home, like Sylvia Brown on Montel Williams and, um, you know, eventually the Long Island medium and just being like so engrossed by these people and, and really recognizing myself in them and kind of going, oh, I had that experience or I had that experience. And You know, it wasn't until I was graduating high school that I really started to put the pieces together that maybe there actually like is something to all of those experiences that I had when I was younger. But I really at that point didn't know what to do with any of that. I didn't know how do I how do I start? Like, what does that even look like? And so that's around the time that I found my first mentor, um, whose name was Stephanie. And she really, truly like took me by the hand and was like, I'm going to I'm going to help you. I didn't ask. I was just like. I kind of went in thinking I was getting a reading and she was like, okay, well, you need to be doing this and I'm going to show you how. Um, And she did. And so I was under her study for a few years and I was doing development circles and all different kinds of things, working with one other person in the development circle who became a good friend of mine and just practicing, like just learning, like, how does this actually work for me? How did the experiences that I had in childhood kind of relate now into what I'm experiencing as a young adult? And I just learned about my abilities, which was one of the most amazing 
liberating um, things that that I could have done at that point in my life. It was a very, um, you know, prior to that point, it was a very difficult time. And I felt incredibly lost and confused and just like, who am I? And seeing all these other people kind of going to do things in the world. And I was just like, that's not what I want to do, you know, going to the university and going to school. And I was like, that's not me. I feel like there's something else for me. And of course there was, I just kind of needed help to figure out like what that was and how it all worked for me. So after that point, um, after I was in development for a few years, I opened my practice and I started giving readings both in person and virtually. It was always very important to me though. I wanted to run um, a practice that I could connect with somebody just as easily in Australia as I could connect with somebody down the street from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was in like, you know, 2016, 2017, when virtual businesses weren't like, not everybody it was, it was more yeah. like, oh, you're running a virtual business. Like, that's weird. Why wouldn't you just give it? And I feel like so many people were, were so skeptic about like energy work virtually. Yes. I was myself because even before I really stepped into this work, it was like, like when I was looking into maybe seeing psychics or stuff, I never wanted to do things virtually. And now knowing what I know now after working with you, it's totally something that can happen virtually. And I think what you shared with me is like spirit does, doesn't know time or, or space, right? Yes. Like they don't know, they don't know the the distance or the time or whatever. They just feel the energy. So if two people are, you know, energetically exchanging like we are right now. Completely. And that's a great point. I love that you brought that up because that was like something I came up against a lot. People would be like, I want to come see you in person. And that was fine. And I would do that. Um, you know, and I did some energy healing at the beginning of my practice and I still do, but, but that, that's the thing is like, actually sometimes for very sensitive people, like for me, a, running a virtual business was fantastic because yeah. I am very sensitive. I'm very empathic. And it's like, I can get in someone's energy and I only do one reading and I'm just like flat lined for the rest of the day. I can't function. So being virtual where I can kind of have a little bit of space between my energy and the other person's energy actually really worked for me. So Anyway, started my practice and my practice has greatly evolved over over time. Um, I've been in practice for almost eight years. And so it's, you know, ebbed and flowed and I've had different niches and focuses. But ultimately, at the at the foundation of it, I really just want to give people the experience that I had when I discovered my abilities and learned how to work with them. And that liberation and that freedom and that happiness that I felt really being in line with my soul and with my higher self and with my abilities and expressing them in the world. I want, I wanted to give everybody that experience. And so that still remains like a foundational piece of my practice today. Yeah. Which is so felt through everything that you do. And and I'm so glad that you stepped into that because I would never meet you and you've, I mean, single-handedly changed my life in just six months. So tell us a little bit about your book. I want to hear about all the, and, and maybe talk a little bit about maybe each of the different corners of the work that you do, because your book is specifically centered around spirit babies. And so maybe talk a little bit about that. And then also maybe psychic and mediumship and just all the different areas of work that you do and and lead that into your book, because it's all so fascinating to me. Amazing. Yeah. So, so yeah, there are different things, you know, different kind of, like you said, corners or pillars of my practice. And one of them is, is the work that I do with spirit babies, which I describe in, in the book that I've just published. This was kind of something that I was supposed to be doing too, which was totally bopped me over the head. And I had no idea why this was ever something that I should be doing. I felt very kind of confused at the beginning. Like, why is this particular kind of area of focus uh, energetically calling my attention, which I learned more about along the way, but and really, well, I will expand on it. So, you know, I started my practice doing a lot of mediumship and working with a lot of the energies of souls who have passed, which I still do. And at a certain point, it became clear to me in different meditations and things that I was getting and downloads that I was having that 
it was actually time to really start focusing. I had helped so many of these souls essentially kind of process their passing and help their families process their passing and really kind of creating closure and healing around that area of life. And that there was kind of this shift that started happening, particularly I kind of started picking up on this around 2019, 2020, that actually now where the most help was needed for me at least was helping these these new souls these new energies coming into the earth plane and deciding to take incarnation deciding to you know come into a body and join families and helping them acclimate and come in and there's a lot of souls having difficulty getting in and are incarnating on the earth plane and so i was called to shift my focus from you know post-death work to pre-life work um and so that is really a big focus of what i'm doing now is is helping people to and this is really what the book is about is helping people to connect with the energies that are incoming into their families um and this is really helpful for truly anybody whether this is somebody who's still you know not thinking about children for another 10 years or you know, is currently trying to conceive or is having fertility challenges or whatever the case may be, this is a really important conversation through all stages and phases because there are so many souls trying to get into the earth plane right now. I read a that one of my Kundalini yoga teachers was talking about how there's 125,000 souls for every square foot on planet earth, which is just, wow. I mean, I mean, it's massive. The, the amount, the amount of energies trying to come in are massive. And so um, this connection and starting to facilitate this relationship and connection with the souls of our children and understanding how the pre-incarnation phase works and how to how people make you know how we make soul contracts and all these kinds of things um, is very important and so that's really what the book that i wrote is called a cosmic bond communicating with your spirit babies from preconception to birth is all about and it's also talking about the uniqueness and the specialty of these energies right now that there really is this truly like evolved new wave of children coming in right now and into the future specifically you know 2025 2027 2030 20 35 these are some really big years where there's going to be just massive influxes of new energy and so that's kind of what the book is about i like could talk about this forever and i feel i mean there's so many even parallels between the different systems right because human design talks a lot about rave children and these like really um amazing children that are coming right now basically anyone that's born specifically in this kind of time period leading into 2027 they're going to be born with more special abilities so things like intuitive gifts like we're going to start to see a lot more spiritual children and things um it's super cool to just witness it's so fascinating that it's that we have this ability to really understand what happens before and i think so many people like you said are so focused on what happens after right what's after life or what happened to the people that we love or how can we communicate with souls that have passed and obviously there's so much beautiful important work that we do in that space because um, there's a lot of healing that needs to happen in some of those relationships and, and even the contracts that their soul maybe perhaps couldn't have completed while it was here fully i don't know but i think that the work that you're doing with the spirit babies is just so fascinating and i think that um, it's such an area that i think people are unfamiliar with too and so i'd love to hear how you work in a session with like working with spirit babies what that communication is like just kind of break it all down um because i don't even know that we've fully talked about that work i do know i've heard from a few intuitives that i have a son i think you maybe shared that with me too 
which yeah. I really want a daughter, but that's okay. I'm fine with having a son. <laughs> and I, I have to tell you, cause we're supposed to do a session next week together. Yeah. I think I met my son twice in a dream recently. Wow. Um, Amazing. Yeah. I had a weird Beautiful. dream where my, yeah, tell me about it, where my dog was, um, it was like my, it was like my dog, <laughs> Gus Gus. And, uh, I was like laying in my, it was, it was weird. Cause it was like my childhood. It was like my parents' mm-hmm. childhood bedroom. And I was like laying in like their uh, bed, but it was like, I was visiting them and Xander was there. And so we were like sleeping in my parents, like old room before they like divorced and they divorced when I was like three. It was like, it was wow. like, it's renovated. It's totally different, but I was in that room. And it was like, my dog was in a basket. And, and then I heard him say like, daddy, daddy, like, can you like, can you pick me up? And I looked over and it wasn't him. It was a little boy. And he was looking at Xander, like, can you, can you like hold me? And then I had a dream about a a couple days later, a week later, um, where I had another, I had a moment where I was holding a baby boy in my arms, like eight. And I was, I woke up like with the most amount of baby fever I've ever had in my life. I was like, oh my gosh, like I literally felt like what it felt like to like hold your baby for the first time. And it was a boy. Yes. Yeah. I think I met him. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Okay. Well, I just want to touch on that really quick before I go into kind of the mechanics of the spirit baby stuff, because this is, I mean, this is a, a spirit babies can make contact in a variety of different ways. I mean, they can come in meditations, they can send signs, they can, you know, just kind of come around you. They can just hover. I did a session for a woman last week and um, this spirit baby is a boy uh, as well. And he showed me this image of this little, like, um, their living room. I was like in their living room and I saw this mom sitting on the couch with her daughter, um, her young little daughter. And the spirit baby boy showed me himself hovering in the kind of this orb energy hovering in the top um, right corner of this living room. And he was watching. Uh, um, I was like, you guys watching Miss Rachel? And she was like, yeah, I don't, I didn't even know what that was. He was like, yeah. Miss, I was like, Miss Rachel. I don't know who this is. Apparently she's like a, you know, really, yeah. really popular in the, in the kids show. Um, but anyway, and he was just kind of like hovering around, not really doing anything, but kind of like singing along to this children's show with this mom and her daughter. And so that's just an example of one of the ways that a spirit baby can actually be in your living room and you don't know it because you know, you're focused on other things and things like this. So like I say, spirit babies can make contact in so many ways, but for you, this happened in a dream, not just a dream, but two dreams, which is fantastic. And that was his way of really kind of what, what you got there, like that feeling. And I know what you're talking about, about like, you're feeling like you're holding him and it's so visceral, right? Like, it's like so real. It's like, I just held my child for the first time, even though, you know, you haven't given birth to him yet technically, but he gave you basically his energy imprints. And so when you're waking up, when you're waking up, it feels like, oh my gosh, I need him here now. Like I want to have a baby now, even if logically, technically on paper, yeah. you're kind of like, no, you know, we're still waiting a little bit longer. Um, but he gave you, you, you actually held his energy imprint. Basically yeah. you had an experience with his energy imprint. And so that's just one of the many ways that a spirit baby can kind of start to make contact with a family. And so, and what I would also say too, is that it's very possible that this it's it's most most likely that this male energy this boy energy is your first child um and he's the one kind of making contact first um but then also you know there's many more usually like one person has multiple energies that are kind of hovering around them um some are contracted which just basically means that like you are supposed to have these children these children mm-hmm. need to be in your in your world and others are kind of um waiting to see if you'll if you'll say yes you know i talked to to lots of 
families who have like definitely two children that they're going to have, but then they have like three other energies who are kind of like, maybe I'll come in, maybe I'll have a chance to come into your family. So um, that's always just something interesting that people um, don't realize is that there are the children who like are, are contracted to you and your partner um, and they're meant to come in. But then there's also, like I said, there's so many energies looking to get in. And so each person usually has like a long line of souls looking to come into their family. So some people more than others. I've seen people with like hundreds, which of course is not possible for one individual. Um, oh my gosh, can you I mean, you know, <laughs> but, uh, but, but they'll kind of just hang around and and hang around those those people so anyway it's beautiful yeah. I love that you had those dreams and those contact yeah. experiences and I'm sure that that will keep if that's happening now and you're still you know you're still like a couple years out or more than a couple years out then that relationship and that those contact experiences are just going to grow and grow and grow and get more visceral and intense and um which is beautiful that means you're building a relationship now so yeah I love to see that. I was I will say it was on my period when I had the dream which was a good thing because I woke up like do I need to take a pregnancy test? I was like, no way. I'm literally like <laughs> menstruating. Like I'm not, I'm not pregnant. So that's right. good. Mm-hmm. But I was, it, I will say I've never felt that way. Like it almost like I, I got emotional kind of waking up. Like I, you know, when people, I have a dog yep. and I love my dog to death. And I always joke that my dog's my child, but I've never had the experience of obviously having kids and people always talk about the love that you have there. And I felt like I got like a piece of what that, like what my heart could expand into one day. So it's really fascinating. I'm curious about um, twins. So how does that happen? Is that like two souls wanted to come in at once? I know in human design, we talk about when, you know, twins have almost identical charts, depending on how close in the minutes they are. And we often say that it's because they needed two souls to live out that life's purpose. Mm. How does that work in the spirit baby realm with twins and how they get conceived? Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I would say it's very similar to that kind of core, like foundation, like two souls who who have a, a need to work out or need to do the same life's purpose. I write about this in the book that there's two different types of twins, or maybe even more. Um, there's just two that I've defined, and those are deal breaker twins and experiential twins. There's two different types of twins, and the deal breaker twin is really this kind of energy who really needs the other energy to come in. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going in without them. I, I'm either not going in at all, or I'm going in with the soul. And so these are the kind of energies that you see, like these twins are like very aligned. Like they do the same thing. Like, do you know the Astro twins, those, um, yeah. those two astrologers? Yeah. Like that, they're a great example of deal breaker twins because mm-hmm. they're doing the same work. They're living a very similar mission. They're different, you know, d- they have differences and in, in their similarities as well, but they came in to be very aligned and very close, follow each other very closely in their, in their mission and be very, you know, very, very close together. You'll see a lot of deal breaker twins, like still living together, you know, or wanting mm-hmm. to be really close to, to each other in geographical location and things like this. So and they don't have to be identical, like genetically to be deal breaker they don't, twins. Okay. Correct. 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 However, I do see more identical twins being deal breaker twins than fraternal twins. That is just okay. an observation that I've personally made, but mm-hmm. it's not exclusive to identical or fraternal twins. So that's the deal breaker. And then there's also these kind of energies that I call experiential twins, which is these are souls who maybe are a little bit newer to, to each other. Um, they maybe don't have the same shared soul history as deep as 
as perhaps a deal breaker twin. They're bringing in kind of a different type of energy, but they're deciding that they want to bring that energy in together. They're looking to try something and it's an experiment really. Um, Or, and then to add on to that, there are two different souls with two different soul histories, but again, they have a similar intention within a family and then a similar kind of desire for a soul purpose. And so they'll choose to come in together, even if they don't have a lot of, um, you know, shared soul history or closeness per se, it doesn't mean they still, they cannot be close. They can absolutely find that and fine tune that. Um, it's just more of a kind of, I want this and you want this. So let's go do it together. It's kind Mm -hmm. of very like, um, maybe a little bit more casual, I want to say, but it's also not casual in a way because it's sort of like we're looking to do a very similar thing on the planet, yeah. basically. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And then, you know, we get into like different kind. I personally haven't worked with any um, like triplets or uh, any kind of other multiples. But then when you start to think that big, it's like, wow, you know, with triplets, that those are like three souls who are coming in with a shared, you know, purpose or with a similar kind of intention for their lifetime or, you know, five or six or seven or eight um, kind of energies all coming in with a similar sort of intention. So it's very fascinating. I love the topic. Wow. It it all is so fascinating to me. That's the other thing I've heard from different intuitives that I've seen that I'm supposed to have twins one day. And my mom was pregnant with twins at one point um, between my oldest sister and my uh, middle sister. There's three of us total. And she miscarried those twins. And so I know they run in my family, but it, I think it's like my kids would potentially have twins because I think it skips typically. Yep. But um, mm-hmm. my, I've been told I was going to have twins at one point, but I don't know that I have like fully felt into that energy. In astrology, it's because there's something in my Gemini, which okay. I know Gemini is like the twins and people have said, like, I don't know. It's usually an astrologer that tells me that. And I was just going to say too, that, you know, I, a lot of people come to me and they're like, I feel like I'm going to have twins. And then they're confused when they don't. And what can sometimes happen again, like this would be the case that in more of like an experiential twin sort of situation, um, then, you know, there, it could have been that there, there were two souls considering to come in and have a twin incarnation together, but with the experiential type twin dynamic, they can change their mind. And so they can decide to come in as individuals. They can decide to move on. You know, there's a lot of different ways that can happen. Whereas with deal breaker twins, these are people like I've talked to people who like, they know they've known since they were like, a kid, like as soon as they were had consciousness, like six years old, I'm going to have twins. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's probably more of the, like the deal breaker twin type situation where it's like, it is very hot. It's, it's almost totally positive that, um, these two energies want to come in this way and they'll make their presence known very early mm-hmm. on. But there's a lot of people who, who there's these kind of energies considering having a twin incarnation. And then people mm-hmm. will pick up on that. Um, they'll pick up on that and then they get confused when it doesn't happen. And it's just, you know, that's just respecting the the free will of the soul and what they decide to do. And that if they decided that it wasn't best for them to come in in a twin incarnation, then we respect their choice. And we say, you know, that's, that's cool. And I respect, yeah. I respect your decision. Um, but it is very common for people to kind of pick up on the possibility you know what I mean? And then, um, and, or see it as a possibility or feel it as a possibility. So yeah, there's something to add there too. Wow. So fascinating. So tell us a little bit about the other realms of the things that you do. So like the psychic work, the mediumship work and anything else that you dabble into. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, the spirit baby work is a big part of it. The mediumship work is, is still something that I'm, that I, that I do, you know, I'm usually working more with people now who are like, I have this 
person in my lineage or this friend or, you know, this partner or this child or whoever that's passed away. And I want to work with them to, you know, definitely achieve some sort of healing or some sort of closure, but also um, just kind of working with them like from physical being to non-physical being, which is something that a lot of people don't realize that they can do is that, you know, the energies of our loved ones, children, family members, friends, et cetera, they're still able and willing to work with you in their non-physical plane, in the non-physical space that they currently exist in, even though you're still in a physical body on a physical planet, um, they're still able, you're still able to work with them and they're able to support you and you're able to receive from them and they're able to give to you. And it can still really be very much like a relationship, which is why, you know, I talk to a lot of people who are like, yeah, my father passed away and I have a better relationship with my father since he's been passed away than I did when he was living. That's a wow. very, very, very common story. And that is because when the soul leaves the physical body, we have, you know, a greater perspective on our life and our strengths and definitely our weaknesses and where we did really well and where maybe where we didn't do so well. And we're just, you know, back to our fullest kind of multidimensional self. And so when we're in yeah. that space, it's very easy for us to show up for the people that we, you know, um, quote unquote, left behind in a new way. And so that's really my my work in the mediumship space now is just showing people how to create and cultivate this non this new non physical relationship. It's like renegotiating a relationship. You get to know your mom or your grandma or your dad or your brother or your sister or your partner or your husband wife in a whole new way, which is very yeah. exciting. Um, and just, you know, building that relationship, understanding that relationship. So that's kind of what it looks like for me in that space right now. And then as far as the psychic stuff, you know, I'm really passionate about my kind of every, every kind of person is different um, in terms of how they use their psychic abilities to support people. It's changed a lot over the years. You know, I used to help a lot of people um, in career and business, which I still do. I used to help, um, you know, people with moves and making big life decisions again, which is something that I still do. You know, people who are looking to change their life, leave a relationship, move, change states, move, you know, across the countries quit their job, start a new job, people who are really kind of at these turning point moments will support those people just in staying in alignment with their highest kind of path um, through those through those transitions. So that's kind of what, um, what that looks like. But what I'm really big on just like being, you know, using the, the, the psychic work and tuning in for people to really help people um, understand how just how, truly how powerful they are and that um, we are incredibly, incredibly powerful creators. And we've just sort of forgotten how powerful we are as we've been t temporarily condensed in this physical form and just getting back to that so, so that when you know how powerful you are and you can see how powerful of a creator you are, your whole life expands exponentially and everything that you interact with expands exponentially. And there are no limitations, truly. Um, you know, we can create lots of limitations. Limitations are that that is we're really good at that as human beings creating limitations. <laughs> and so I'm just really about how can we expand your perspective so that you can see that you, you the limitations are only as powerful as you allow them to be. Um, so that's kind of really what I focus on there. And then of course, 
um, like we mentioned, and as we've been as we've been um, doing together, you and I, Leah, is is I support people in really understanding their abilities, whatever yeah. those are, mediumship, um, you know, psychic abilities. I do mentor people and like how to connect with spirit babies as well. Now, um, I've worked with all different kinds of people and people like you, Leah, who already have a practice and a business and in a spiritual space and a spiritual setting, and who know that they have something. There's something more for them, um, and it's already been coming through, and it's just kind of a matter of like grabbing it and going into it and exploring it and so that is also a really big part of what I do yeah so many people have been so curious about this work let me tell you because I've been sharing little tidbits here and there on my personal Instagram and on the design of you just to let people know that you know this is something that I'm exploring and and I think I've shared with you too Emily like I don't know exactly how this is going to weave into my work fully you know, the design of you is always going to be a human design focused place, at least as far as I can see. Um, but I've been slowly but surely trying to do some stuff on my personal page to maybe start to like differentiate the two. So if people want to work with me in maybe like a coaching setting or perhaps do some of this like psychic mediumship work, then they'll be able to do that in that space. And so it's been really cool because I had actually someone DM me yesterday and I shared, I think, a little bit about our experience and she DM'd me and said, oh, wow, I didn't know that that was something that you could learn. Mm -hmm. And I think for myself, in the experience that I've had with the psychic mediumship work, I do think it. what I've learned is it is something that you can learn, but I think that it takes someone to realize how they can tap in or that they already are tapped in. And I know like in my personal experience, which I shared at the beginning of this, basically like I always had things that happened to me similarly to you in your childhood where, you know, I can remember a man standing over my bed, not in a creepy way, a very comforting way. It was like a spirit guide that was just there, this shadow. Um, I always had the shadow that kind of followed me around. His name's Toby, which I know now, <laughs> according to a medium that I worked with. And so I, I, and I don't know much about him. I know you, I think you tapped into him a little bit too. And so I know that that was an experience that I had. And then when I moved into a building that was quote unquote haunted in my hometown, it was all of a sudden I'm having all these experiences and my roommate's not. And part of me was like, well, maybe it's because I'm living somewhere haunted and that's just what people say. But it's like, no, I'm having very vivid dreams. I'm having very vivid experiences. And and then I think, you know, there's obviously different things all tied into there, which you know about because I wrote you a novel when we started working together. But I just think I explained to this girl, I said that it is something that we we all have the ability to be, you know, psychic or medium. It's all kind of, you know, similar. We're just tapping into spirit, right? And so for me, it's been really cool to witness myself be able to really expand on some of this stuff. I, I always knew that I was tapped in, in a different way, but I didn't know how to work with it. It's exactly what you said. Like, you know, you you kind of felt weird or you didn't want to talk about it. And and I also loved what you shared about when you saw different mediums or people doing that work, it was like there was this pull and that's exactly what happened in my heart. It's like when I saw people doing that work, it was like, oh, let's go like, let's go get a reading done. I remember being in New York in college and we were walking down the street with this study group that I was with. And I'm like, oh, there's like a, a psychic there. Let's go up. Like, what can we, and like, everyone's like, why? Like, what's the point of that? And I've just always been drawn to meeting people in that way. I loved the Long Island medium. I loved all of these different shows where people were doing this work because I always felt like so tapped into it and that it was so needed. So I'd love for you to explain a little bit about how all of us are gifted in this way and can and potentially, like, what are some ways that people can tap in? Not maybe it's if they 
if they want to become a psychic medium, they can work with you, of course. But what are some ways that we can just, you know, anyone who maybe doesn't feel tapped in right now can tap in closer to their spirit guides or their intuition? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. And how I will answer this today is this is, and this kind of actually weaves nicely into the pre-incarnation work that we're talking about, which is that when we are free of a physical body, um, you know, I believe that we bring a certain amount of our total, total soul energy into each body in every incarnation that we go into. And it's different percentage and different amount in every body and every experience that we decide to have. But when we are free from a physical body, all of these things that we're talking about, about, you know, being able to pick up on subtle energy and feel into things and um, all these things, this is just our natural state. It's just our natural way of being when we're when we're non physical, we can think a thought and it automatically transfers to another person's mind, there's no need for talking, or for, um, for any of these things that we have to do on this physical plane. Now, when we come into the physical body, um, one of the cornerstone experiences of being on planet Earth is that we have this amnesia. Now, some people don't have it. Some people come in with all their soul memories, which is, I mean, lucky them. Um, it, it can it can happen. I've talked to people who retain all of their soul memories as they're coming into a body. But for most of us, we come in with this this amnesia, which means that we forget the the the, the truth of our soul. We forget where we just came from. We forget all the experiences that we've had before. We forget our previous incarnations where we may have had these abilities too. Um, most people have, you know, most people have had these previous incarnations where they've had these abilities already and they've used them and they've had varying degrees of positive and or negative experiences, you know, talking to a lot of people who have used their abilities in in past incarnations and had very negative experiences. And so then, you know, they actually if there are women in the yeah, 17 or 1800s. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There's a huge, huge kind of um, collective trauma for uh, energetic trauma for um, people regarding, you know, their abilities in whatever form or fashion that looked like some of that, like a lot of the witch trials, a lot of it was, you know, just like being a doula, being a midwife, being a herbalist, mm -hmm. like, evil. Um, but anyway, I digress. The, you know, the, a lot of, uh, of us as souls have already used these abilities in, in different incarnations. And we've also, when we're in the spiritual planes and in the non-physical realms, there's also all of these training rooms and schools where we can actually develop our, um, you know, our kind of uh, spiritual mastery, our abilities, so that when we take our next incarnation, it's easier for us to access these abilities. And so I think it's just a myriad, like this kind of, um, there's always this kind of debate in the the spiritual community about like, you know, the naturalness of abilities and naturalness of mediumship versus learned or developed mediumship or learned or developed abilities. And I think it's just, it's like anything else. It's like the, the, the uniqueness of us as human beings, and that will never be this, this the same biological version with the same name and the same, you know, identity and personality ever again, this, this, yeah. this avatar, this biological and energetic version of us will never exist again. And I think that there is just a uniqueness in an individuality in our soul's history as well. For some of us, like maybe for me and you, Leo, we've been doing this for like millennia, like lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes of just learning and developing and using our abilities and using magic and all these kinds of things and then developing on the spiritual and the non-physical realms and things like this. And so when we come into the body, that's just, it's naturally kind of coming out of us. We can't help it. We're not like, it's just, it's just there. 
And for some people, um, maybe like some people are meant to have their first lifetime discovering their abilities. And so that maybe is somebody who won't discover their intuition or abilities or things like that, maybe till a lot later in life, or maybe when they do, it'll be really confusing for them or this sort of thing. And so I think in in many ways, this, my answer to your question is that for all of us, every single being, um, every single soul, that it is our natural state to be connected, um, in and that we can find our way back to these using these abilities on this physical plane um, and being you know our fullest most magical multi-dimensional selves while we're here is very much possible um, for for every person and that is just it's it's different for every person based on our soul history based on our soul's path our soul's mission um, the different timing of our life and how things happen and how things unfold what are just some tips that people can do to tap in like how can they tap into their spirit guides? Like, do you have any advice for someone who maybe isn't, you know, like you and I that are like, we knew we were born to do this sort of work, but Mm -hmm. is wanting to get closer with that side of themselves? Like, what are just some like everyday basic things that they could do to get a little bit more in touch? Well, I'm going to be honest with you in that, um, a lot of people, you know, the most common thing that I have people coming to talk to me about is, you know, I really want to connect. I want to talk to my loved ones. I want to talk to my spirit guides, but I sit down to meditate and I don't get anything or I tried, or I'm asking for signs or I'm asking for this and that and nothing happens. Right. And so I think that like, there's a myriad of different ways that I could, could give this answer. Like I could give that this is, this is kind of an annoying answer, but it is the answer that I need to give, which is that you need to find a version of spiritual practice that works for you. And so mm-hmm. something that allows you to get beyond the physical world and have a different experience every day. So for some people that is yoga. My, one of my gateways was, was yoga. I started practicing yoga when I was like, you know, 12 years old and doing mm-hmm. yoga in my, in the, in the mat in my room. And it just made me feel so calm and relaxed and open and receptive. And I remember talking to my angels when I was doing yoga because I was just so open. Right. And then for some people it's, you know, running, like some people like need to run, they need to have physical movement in order to open their channels. For some people that is sitting down on a mat and meditating. For some people that's listening to a guided meditation or doing breath work. And you need to find for your bio individual energetic physical field, what works for you, what makes you feel alive, what makes you feel connected. Most of us, I mean, need way less technology, way less input, way more alone time, way more time in nature, you know, and these kinds of things to be able to actually start to facilitate these kinds of connections. Because, you know, most of these people who are coming to me, I'm like, I'm not getting anything. And I'm like, okay, give me, tell me more about like the setting. And they're like, well, I, you know, had a fight with my husband and then I listened to three podcasts and then I tried to sit down to meditate and nothing happened. It's like, yeah, well, that makes sense Um, because there's just, there's just too much, um, um, distortion. There's too much um, feedback. There's just too much in the field for you to actually get clear. And, you know, I find this as a sensitive person, even for myself, like I'm somebody who needs a lot of alone time. And my husband was away last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago at a golf tournament. And I had like the house to myself for a week and it was glorious. I was clear. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is amazing. This is what it feels like to be in my own energy. And just like getting so much, like just like channeling so much information for myself and blah, blah, blah. And, and it took that having that quiet time, alone time, alone, like having some space to be able to feel really clear. And so wait, what are your, what are both of your energy types again? Yeah, I know it's weird because he's a projector. Okay. Um, he's, a, he's a one, three splenic projector and I'm a four, six emotional generator. It's, it's interesting because you, still, always, you guys have blended energies. So sometimes you need yes. space to empty out. 
totally. It's, it's different for every person, but my top recommendation is to find space in your day, in your life, where there is room for quiet receptivity. Again, whether that like actually nothing happening in the mind and it takes, I was talking to a family friend over the weekend and she was like, I sit down, I just can't get my mind to shut off. And mm-hmm. again, we biologically sometimes need something to help the mind slow down. Breath work, yeah. you know, um, CBD, like some for some people that's psychedelics, like there's so many different things and modalities mm-hmm. that we can use. Um, you just have to find something because once you get there, um, like, you know, the beginning for me, like I said, it was yoga. I also used, you know, um, Kundalini yoga. I used mantra music. I used like I went in float tanks, sensory deprivation, deprivation tanks. And I used those to really get quiet and to start to wow. receive. So always um, love to try that. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it's very, it's a really good way to kind of, you know, dump out the energy and, and be mm-hmm. receptive. So I think that's, that is once you get that, once you master that quiet, like finding some quiet receptivity in your life, then the next part is just starting to open a conversation. This looks like asking for help, asking for support, asking questions. A lot of my clients always tell me I'm the master of asking questions, you know, where it's just like, I know how to ask a good question. I know how to have a good prompt. Um, and so if I'm curious about something, I will turn that into a really good question. And then I will, pro- I will put that up to my spirit guides and I will wait for the answer to come back. I think the other thing that I would say is that everybody receives differently. Everybody receives information differently, especially when you're first learning. Um, Mm. I ultimately believe that we can be these multidimensional beings where we're receiving information in a variety of different ways. We're seeing, we're feeling, we're hearing, we're knowing, um, and and so on. But in the beginning, it is helpful to know, okay, I'm a very visual person. Like when I'm getting information, it's coming in images, or I'm a deep, deep, deep feeler. And when I'm getting information, it's coming in my body. And so you kind of have to know, like, what is your primary, you don't have to know, but it is helpful to know what your primary kind of mode of receiving. And those are like the clairs that we talked about in our mentorship. So like we have different clear, clear audience, clear cognizance, different ones that you, some people are better at than others. Mm -hmm. Like for me, mine's all visual, like not outward, but inwardly visual dreams, closing my eyes, seeing images. Yeah. You're very visual. Yeah. Yeah. Very Very visual. visual. Yeah. And so am I. And so it's funny because, you know, sometimes when I teach non-visual people, you know, I'm kind of like, I have to remind myself to not say like, can you see that? Because they can't see that. They can't see what, what, you know, they're feeling it or they they hear it. it. Exactly. Right. And so it's different for everybody. And, and, you know, I talked to a lot of people who are like, when I close my eyes and I try and visualize something, I just see black, like there's nothing there. Whereas for me, the second I close my eyes, it's like, I'm seeing all different kinds of scenes and visuals and imagery and colors and all these things. And so again, it's just different for me and for you than it is for other people. So finding that kind of what your mode of uh, primary kind of psychic receptivity is can also be very beneficial. And again, just coming back to simple, like asking asking for help. Hey, spirit guides, I, even if you don't know who they are yet, I really need some extra support today. I have a big presentation at work. Thank you for helping me to feel your presence today. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for giving me the correct language that I need to say what I need to say, right? It can be as simple, simple prayer as that. And then you start to see them showing up in your world. And then you start to see to believe that it's possible where you go and do that presentation and everything goes well. And you have the best reception from the people who were there. And you didn't even need to look at your slides because you found that you had all the words that you needed to say, right? Yeah. And so after that event, you would say, thank you. You know, I, you showed up for me today. I'm so grateful. And then that's how you start to build that relationship over time. Yeah, I think that's such a powerful tool is just asking. And I love what you said too, like find your, find your intuitive tool 
in the, I have a program called the method and it's like a spiritual wellness human design program. And we talk about tapping into your intuition, which is a similar thing. And I basically always say, find your meditate, find your intuitive tool to work with, whether it's cards, your pendulum, maybe you like crystals. So find your intuitive tool, your way that you can slow down and be receptive, be alone in your energy, and then ask what are, you know, spirit guides. You may not, you don't even have to know who they are. You just have to ask them for some guidance. And perhaps maybe it's signs, which I know I feel like a lot of people are like, God, show me a sign. And which I think can be powerful, but maybe just also asking your spirit guides or something to come through. Something that I've been doing and I was going to share with you next week too. So I'll have to talk about this is I recently have been, because you know, so for anyone listening, I'm, I tend to be better at the mediumship stuff than the psychic work. And I'd like to get better at the psychic stuff. So that's what we're working on a little bit right now. And one of the practices that I've been doing, Emily, is when I, this is before I go to bed. And I did this this morning, actually, when I woke up, I had a dream about someone, I'm not going to say who, but I had a dream about someone that I like wanted to know how their life was like. And I was, I, I was half asleep, but kind of just like laying there this morning. And I literally said like, spirit guides, can you show me what this person's life looks like? And I saw a vision of this person in their apartment, what it looked like. I've never seen it. I don't like there's this person I don't follow on social media. I said, what does it look like in their day to day? I I could see what it looked like when they went to work, when they came home and like, like those sort of things. And so I feel like there are ways that you can also use that to perhaps tap into other energies too. Like, can you perhaps give me a little bit about like what this person's moving through? Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, I guess I'm visual. So I was seeing like a full apartment and like what that looks like. I almost to the point that I feel like if I were to see this apartment in person, I would know mm-hmm. which unit to go to. That's how direct it was in my vision. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And that's where, that's where it can get to Leah too. Like after, uh, you know, wherever you're at on your path is that not only are you just able to tune in for yourself, but you're able to tune in for others, which is what you're doing now with mediumship. And you're, you know, I'm, I'm putting you on these zoom calls and I'm saying, Hey, I have a person for you. You've <laughs> never seen them before. You have no idea who they are. All you'll have is their face, their first name and a picture of the person they're looking to connect to. And you're able to use those as anchor points and, you know, and use the energy of the person who's coming forward to communicate, um, to provide all this information to this person that you've never seen before. Um, and able to validate, you know, really amazing, cool details for them from the mediumship side of things. But then also, you know, from the psychic side of things, I think that we all have our strengths too, you know, and it's like that, I think that just for you, Leah, like mediumship is definitely just a strength that you came in with. And I think that you're harder on yourself than I think you need to be. You're, you're, you're better <laughs> than you think you are with, with this, with the psychic work. And it's definitely, um, you know, growing, which is, which is beautiful for you. Um, but that's the thing. People have their strengths and their niches. Like for some people, you know, I know people like clients that I've worked with who are really good with the physical body and they're doing lots of like, you know, healing work on the physical body for others like you, Leah, it's like mediumship and, and, you know, using the human design charts and kind of like opening yourself up to downloads um, from there as well for other people it's you know spirit babies like me or you know ancestral healing or shamanic type work or you know all different kinds of things we all have our our um you know individual strengths and and gifts which is a beautiful thing I would love for you to tell everyone a little bit about the work that you've been doing with me and some of the you like maybe my strengths or things that like you witnessed so people can feel validated in what I have told them already. <laughs> yeah, for sure. 
Absolutely. Well, what we as what we've been working on most of the time um, so far, Leah and I is is developing her mediumship, which was very clear just from the pieces of information that you told me, Leah, before we started mentorship and describing some of your experiences. And then even more so when I tuned in for you the first time and just saw all the energy, um, the, the, you know, the past, um, the, the disincarnate non-physical energy that was trying to work with you. It was like, wow, you know, no kidding. She's here right now with me. Like this makes perfect sense. Um, it was very clear that this was like, has had been knocking at your door for a very long time. And it was, you know, there was lots of energy who was just excited to to come in. And so I think that your your strength is um, for some people, one of your strengths is that for some people who are very visual like you, um, and I recognize a lot of you in myself, um, you know, as, as in my mediumship journey, like you're, we're very similar um, mm-hmm. in the way that our abilities work. And um, I think that it can be difficult for some people who are very clairvoyant to be able to kind of understand the imagery. The imagery actually like clairvoyance can actually be ironically sometimes um a little two-dimensional for some people where it's sort of almost like okay i'm seeing a you know a yellow flower and then it's sort of okay okay well what is the yellow flower about and i think what you're really good at is being able to like see and feel into the imagery as well where it's kind of almost like okay i'm seeing this sensation but i or i'm seeing this this piece of imagery but i also know that this is what's connected to it or i also Mm -hmm. feel that this is what's connected to it which is very important and that and what's interesting is that just kind of came very naturally to you. That's not something I had to teach you. That's just something that you had access to very easily, which is very powerful. You've kind of got like a triple threat of these different kind of energies working together to communicate what's coming through to you. That is very powerful. I think another thing as well is just like, you're not afraid to to say things, <laughs> which is great. <laughs> you're very, yeah. yeah. It's People good, who know me, okay, and I don't know that this comes through in my podcast or my Instagram, but if you're a friend of mine or um, if you worked with me in like my previous corporate job, I'm very blunt. Um, I'm very to the point, not in a not in like a bitchy or a mean way. Like I'm very, I will see something and I say it how I see it, and I'm not in like a you know. Again, it's I you. I'm very yeah. intentional. Like I'm not going to say something negative because you know I'm, I believe in you know if you don't have anything good to say, then don't say anything at all. But like I'm very someone who if like, you're going to ask me something, I'm going to tell you like directly what I think. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which is very important. I mean, that's an incredibly valuable skill in this, in this field, because I work with a lot of people who repress 90% of what they're receiving, which, and then they're giving the information and it's incomplete because 90% of that information was being repressed. Whereas with you, you just let it all rip, which is amazing. And it's, 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 it's very powerful because then we're getting the whole scope of the information and we can put the pieces together a little bit better. So if you're saying I'm seeing this imagery with this and this and this, you know, I'm seeing, um, you know, whatever. I was just trying to think of an example, but I couldn't, but I'm seeing blah, 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 the blah, boat, blah. The boat the that boat. ended up being the cruise. Yes. That was yes. like a good one. Exactly. Where it's like when you're kind of talking it through and you're not holding anything back and you're also sharing what you're feeling as, you know, as you're, as you're, as you're sharing the imagery too, that is very, very, very powerful. Um, Cause that's for a lot of people, you know, they second guess themselves, they doubt what they're getting. And I don't think that, I think like, you, you know, sometimes you'll be like, I don't know, should I say this? Is this right? But then you end up saying it anyway. And yeah. um, which is, which which is, which is a, a very, a very wonderful strength and skill that you have um, and very valuable in this kind of space. Yeah. So what, mean? so what we're talking about too, like one of the examples is like, so we did a, um, a session recently with someone and I kept getting a vision of 
I think we were channeling her dad and I kept getting a vision of a, of a guy on a boat. And I'm like, did your dad like to boat? <laughs> like I literally was seeing this guy like on a speedboat, like he had the sunglasses, the tan skin, like for sure had like a beer in his hand and like, just like, it was like good music. Like he was enjoying life. And I'm like, did he like to do that? And she was like, no, he didn't have a boat. And then what she remembered was that right before her dad had passed, he had promised her mom that he was going to take her on a cruise ship. And she had booked the cruise ship like recently or, or was about to go or something like that. And, um, she said, I think he's showing you that like, he, he knows that. Um, and so one of the things that I've learned from Emily is that, a lot of times spirit will communicate in things that we know or images that resonate with us because the image that I was seeing, it was almost like it was at the lake that I grew up going to, which Mm -hmm. I knew wasn't possible because this person wasn't in the, um, you know, that's not where she grew up. And so it was like, I was getting that image. And then I, I remember kind of it flipping into like this Caribbean sort of thing. But yeah, so then she basically validated, I think this is what's coming through. And so that was a learning for me because I I kept seeing so many of the same things. And so the one thing that I've learned with Emily is that we all have sort of this visual dictionary of things that come through, um, depending on like every person is like, okay, if I see a a yellow flower, this is what this typically means. And almost every time I've done a session where I see a yellow flower, might be the same yellow flower, but as I'm describing it, it's there's it's my spirit guides are giving me information that I know that I've seen before to validate a message to share with this person. Yep, exactly. Um, yeah. They use your references. They use your reference points. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, you know, too, just even with, for Yulia, with that example, with the boat, you know, you just shared what, what you were getting and we were able to, once you shared what you were getting and you stuck with it, you know, it would have been really easy for us to just be like, Oh, never mind, you know, whatever and move on. But we, you know, we kind of stuck with it when we stuck with it. It actually led to a really big breakthrough and a really, really beautiful moment with that person you were working with, which was, this was her dad's way of saying, you know, that he was aware of the cruise. He was going on it with her. Um, you know, he, he was going to be there truly with this, this, um, with his wife in, in spirit, which is just a beautiful thing. And so, you know, if, if you hadn't said that, or if we had, you know, or if you dropped it or we moved on or whatever, we wouldn't have gotten to that moment. And so yeah. I think that that's, that's a beautiful skill. It's a yeah. beautiful thing. Yeah. It's been so cool working with you. Like I seriously, I mean, I I have so much more to do and I haven't practiced enough times yet, but I'm excited to start to practice more um, with people just because it's been really fun to tap in and it's very validating. You know, one of the things that Emily mentioned earlier um, was just about how when she started working with me, there was all these spirits trying to come through. And I think you literally said there was like an NFL stadium of people trying to like get into your (laughs) realm. And I I felt that so deeply. So it feels really good to not only be seen by you, but then also to work with you and start to hone these things in. And um, I just, I mean, you're such an amazing mentor and someone that I, I just feel so blessed to be, you know, involved. And I'm so excited to see all that's to come with you with your book and everything else that you have planned. So tell us a little bit about what's next for your family, for your book, for your business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. And you are very, you're a pleasure and a joy to work with. And it's been so much fun um, getting to just watch your evolution. And I'm excited to continue to get to do that. 
Yeah, what's next for me? So at the time that we're recording this, my book publishes the following day on June 7, 2023. So I'm sure the time that people will be listening to this, it will be out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just want to say too, for anybody who's kind of like, oh, I don't know, I'm not really interested in having children or spirit babies or things like this. A friend of mine read the book and uh, she said that she's, you know, she's kind of still a few years out and she said, it's so much more than just about spirit baby. She said, it's an awakening experience, which I was mm. like, oh, oh my God. God. I literally have goosebumps, which is just yeah. a, a full well, blown resonance. So amazing. So, um, you know, that that's coming out, which has just been, I mean, my baby, it's been the biggest project that I've been working on for a year and a half. And so I'm going to be very happy when it's out in the world and ready for people to read and consume. And, you know, after that, um, it's funny because I've, I've gotten asked that question a few times and people are like, what's next for you? And I'm like, yeah, good question. <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to take, you know, this summer just to, um, I haven't had like the time to have a summer in a while where I'm just like going with the flow and traveling lots and, um, and things like this. So I'm going to kind of take the summer after launching this book and kind of see where, where spirit is calling me to in the fall. Um, there's a lot of different things that, you know, I still want to do. I still want to create. And, um, I think there's like a course in me for, you know, for supporting, like for actually like geared towards children of like, Hey, welcome to earth. Here's how you can acclimate. Um, because I feel really, really called to work with, with the children and just support them. And then also for parents and we'll see, I'm still, I'm still kind of following the, the, the pings, which I feel very like, um, confident to be able to do now. And it's like, when I don't have a next step, I used to freak out when I didn't have a next step and be like, Oh my God, what's next? I don't know. And now I just trust in, in the process. And I trust in, in the, the flow of the, um, the universal unfolding and the unfolding of my destiny that I know that the next step will be revealed to me at exactly the right moment. Um, and so for now, that's kind of what I'm up to. Just going to have like a, you know, a fun, a fun, I know what do they call it now? Like a relaxed girl summer. That's kind of where I'm, yeah. where, I'm where I'm, where I'm at. Hot girl summer or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I love that for you. And you deserve that after all the amazing work you've been doing, you deserve to just chill and, and have a break and to enjoy yourself and, and celebrate this, you know, beautiful, this beautiful baby coming into the yeah. world, this book. And I can't wait yeah. to get my own copy. I already bought one. Yeah, and I'm going to read it immediately as soon as it gets here. Um, what are some ways that people can find you and work with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I am on Instagram at Emily the Medium. My website is also Emily the Medium. Um, my author website will be Emily the Author. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> um, we're, keep, we're keeping consistent. <laughs> um, so that will be live. And I've got some cool just like resources and meditations on there and things like that. Um, Instagram's Emily the Medium. I have a podcast. I'm not super active on it right now. That might be a thing that I get back into this fall is getting back to my podcast, which I miss and I love. Um, but I've actually just been having fun going on other people's podcasts like you, yeah. you're, like yours, Leah, and, and, and talking to beautiful people like you. Um, so that and my podcast is also the same, Emily the Medium. Um, that's pretty much it website instagram podcast well, and then and then you do one-on-one readings or yep. do you and then you have the mentorship like we're in right now and then you do yes. a group right yep i have a membership as well which is wonderful i do yet yeah, readings um and mentorships and i'll actually be onboarding i'll have more spots for mentorship kind of coming up late summer early fall so if people are interested they can let me know they can just send me an email emily at anuvibrance.com or just you know send me a dm or whatever Awesome. Well, I will put everything down below so everyone can get in touch with you. And it's been such a pleasure just to get to catch up and chat with you. And and I get to chat with you next week and on 
um, <laughs> not Voxer, but we do our, our telegram. So yeah. we'll yeah. chat there, but thank you so thank much for coming you. on, Emily. I love seeing your face and hearing your, your story and your light and everything. It's just so powerful. Thank you, Leah, for having me on. This was a wonderful conversation. I loved the flow. It was great. And I love getting to talk about your development experiences. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that you sharing your experience is going to help so many people in your audience and your community, um, you know, understand more about them and their gifts. So I'm excited for that, too. So thank you. Thank you. If this episode has energized you, I ask you to share it or to send it to someone where it can make a big difference in their life. And please tag me with your shares, something you learned from this episode or that you love from it. I'm at the design of you on Instagram. Also, please DM with questions or feedback or whatever. I love to stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for your support and consider subscribing to this podcast and leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow together. Thank you. And I love you oh so, so much. See you soon.